WHHHFM Speedway W286CN Available on HD Broadcasting from the Isaacs and Isaacs We win.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle Hold up Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC Studios on this Sunday, December 18th, 2022. Exactly one week away from Christmas and two weeks away from the start of the new year. And what a year it has been. This is actually our 45th live show out of 52 weeks. I've been here for 45 of them meaning I should take some more vacation time on Sundays next year. But it has been a pleasure being with you all every Sunday uh, this year. I've learned how many people listen to this show, and I just want to say thank you for starting your week. Not just your day, but Sunday kicks off your week. And you guys do it a lot of times with me right here, and then roll over tomorrow on TV, and I appreciate your support. That is why we are able to get such awesome guests that we are able to get including like today's pastor james jackson is running for mayor you may know pastor jackson as the leader of a church here in indianapolis or you may know him as a talk show host on our sister station but you also are about to get to know him as the republican and so far the only republican candidate to run for indianapolis mayor so far this year Will he be the only one? Only time will tell. But he is facing, after winning a primary, he would be facing either Mayor Joe Hogsett, Greg Merriweather, or Robin Shackelford. If elected, like the others, he would be the first black person, first black man, and first black Republican to lead the city of Indianapolis. So why should he have your vote? Those are questions we will ask him coming up here in a moment. We'll talk about his peace plan that he has already had laid out for the city as he runs for mayor for 2023, our last show of the year. And then before we go, we will also be checking in with the Salvation Army. You know, they are always uh, outside of the store, outside of Walmart or Kroger, ringing the bell. And we always used to just throw in our change that we had in our pocket or the dollar or the coins. And that always worked out pretty well. But now... Not as many people are carrying cash. I never have cash on me. Maybe occasionally I have something. So all that to say, they are still struggling and they still need your help. But what exactly does your money go to when you put it in that Salvation Army bucket? That's a question even I have. We'll be talking with them this morning at 845 because I do know that the stuff that uh, they are working on is actually good stuff that doesn't get a lot of attention. We'll talk to the Salvation Army uh, before we end the show this morning coming up around 845. Uh, but this morning, I do have to warn you folks, uh, Jim O'Brien at Fox 9 just sent us out a, an alert uh, saying we are preparing for some severe winter weather later this week, starting on Thursday and Friday. I know a lot of uh, kids will be at home uh, this week. Uh, you know, the kids that drive out in Perry Township, our last day is on Wednesday. 
which is just in time for the winter storm uh, that they are saying is going to come on Thursday into Friday and bring us some accumulating snow. The totals are still undefined yet, but what is for sure is that it will bring along some temperatures that are below freezing and below zero. This time next weekend on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we will have temperatures that are below zero. So there's a lot to get ready for uh, this week. We've been had some mild weather the past couple of weeks, but winter uh, literally starts this week and she is uh, ready to go. So uh, heads up for uh, a big winter storm coming our way. It's gonna hit the entire state of Indiana, it looks like, uh, coming up starting on Thursday. So be tuned in uh, to me and my other group of colleagues on Fox 59 and CBS 4 this week as we get you ready uh, for a winter snowstorm. All right, James Jackson is a name that you know or a face that you know, maybe he's prayed with you or prayed for you or you've sat in uh, the seats of his congregation or maybe uh, you've sat in your car or at home and listened to his voice broadcast unity in the community uh, Sunday mornings on our sister station, WTLC AM. Um, but now he is adding something new to his list of things that he is doing, and that is running for the mayor of Indianapolis. But as the other candidates have done, you can't start uh, running for mayor without stopping by to talk to the listeners here on Open Lines. And that is exactly uh, what Pastor James Jackson is doing as he kicks off his campaign. He joins us now on the live line right now. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you've been at this for just a couple of weeks now. Um, let's let's start with the simple question. Why do you want to run for mayor? Well, I want to run for mayor to make uh, Indianapolis the best city to live in in the United States of America. I want to um, make sure that everybody who's living in Indianapolis has peace. And that's what we're running on. You are um, going, first of all, this election is already uh, historic in that we will either have, as of right now, we will either have Joe Hogshead as mayor or a black person as mayor. That alone is historic. Um, yeah. it, how, and, and I know that's not why you're running, but... Um, that alone in itself is 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 very interesting and historic. Um, but what's going to be different about your race than any of the other folks that we've already talked to here on the show is that right now you are the lone person and lone Republican uh, running to be mayor of Indianapolis. Um, for some folks who've known you, um, that's not a surprise that you're running as a Republican. Wasn't a surprise to me. Um, but to others... Um, they are who, who who don't know James Jackson. They'd be like, huh? Now, why is he doing that? So, why are you why are you part of the Republican Party? Uh, obviously, it speaks to you. Well, I'm actually no longer the lone one. Uh, Abdul Shabazz has launched uh, or filed paperwork and have launched an exploratory committee uh, to do the same as a Republican as well. Well, I have not heard that. Yeah, that happened uh, just a couple of days, about two or three days ago. So uh, I texted a congratulations to him, and he has not made a final decision, but that's what the exploratory committee is for. Right. But, uh, yeah. Well, so, we're going uh, to have to reach out to Abdul here this morning and see 
uh, what he's up to. It's going to be okay. We're going to have a couple of radio uh, talk show hosts uh, running uh, for mayor here. So this is no doubt going to be interesting. <laughs> well, certainly won't have it. Uh, we won't run out of things to say. No, we won't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my uh, beliefs and values are more aligned with the Republican Party. Um, I didn't know what a conservative was. People talk about the term Republican or Democrat, but I wanted to delve deeper into what it meant to be a Republican or what it meant to be a conservative. And so I found that um, my beliefs and values are more in, in alignment with the Republican Party. But not only that, I did an extensive research on the party, uh, which started in 1854. Uh, Lincoln was um, president in 1856. And just all of the rich heritage that uh, black folks that we have in the party. But there, too, a lot of the things that I've been able to do in the community uh, with regard to community service, youth jobs, which uh, the youth jobs program that I started in 2012 was adopted by uh, the president administration and is now called Project Indy. And um, so a lot of things I've done in the community, uh, I've done it with uh, Republican leaders. And so God just opened doors for me in that particular party. So when I decided to run as mayor, um, that's the party I chose to run in. Um, as now that, well, I guess we'll have to see about Abdul, but what is it about um, the James Jackson campaign that sets you apart from Robin Shackelford, Greg Merriweather, and the mayor himself, Joe Hogsett? Well, again, it's my peace plan, which I'm using as an acronym for public safety, education, achievement, community, and economic development. And all the things in my peace plan are things that I believe can be achieved. Uh, with the president administration, a lot of things that um, were hoped to be done by now have not been done. And in 2015, um, our president mayor indicated that two terms was long enough for any mayor mm -hmm. to get things done. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. So uh, all the things that I want to do can be significantly uh, improved in my first term. And that's what's going to make the most difference with my administration is that you'll see things done even in the first year. Well, let's go through that uh, peace plan because while the cam while it's early in the campaign, um, everybody's still developing their, their roadmap and what it is they want to do. You at least have uh, a, some, a skeleton of a uh, plan that is shaping what you are um, campaigning on. So let's just go through that peace plan, the peace starting with public safety. Tell us about the P. Yeah, the P in that, uh, and, and thank you for uh, mentioning that I have something that the other candidates have not yet developed, and my plan is, out there, and I will be talking with people who are experts, subject matter experts in all those areas to flesh that out. Um, the P is the public safety part. Um, I know that I have E as second, but it's kind of in there with the uh, P because education is going to help us take care of violence on the front end so that we don't have to have so many people who are getting in trouble. But also within that P, 
is for us to take a very, very good look at what we call evidence-based programs. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of money is being donated to groups mm-hmm. um, that may or may not be showing evidence that they are re- helping to prevent or reduce crime. And you and, and, we, and I, you well, you just said it. You're talking about some of these, uh, as I've been reporting all week on Fox 59, uh, the, the city is spending $37 million over several years on these anti-violence community groups to help try and lower crime or stop crime before it happens. And those are the things you're talking about seeing. Are they actually working? Absolutely. And in systems theory, you know, you have to go in and you have to look at it constantly to see what's working, what's not working. But if you go back to 2008, when the crime prevention dollars uh, started being dispensed, uh, at that time it was $5 million a year. It dropped a little bit in the uh, ballot administration um, to about $3 million. And then the present administration has added, I think, about $15 million to that for next year. But if you go back to 2008, Cameron, and you add all that money up, let's just say an average of about $4 million a year only, just that amount, mm-hmm. you have several millions and millions and millions of dollars that have been spent on this problem. But yet, we have a historic numbers of homicide. We have another year where we're, going to, we're over 200 homicides. I get these alerts on my phone. Citizen is a good app. Ring, where people are... Uh, I think it was Friday night, four, three people stabbed, one person shot. Yesterday, four people shot again. And so we're, we're worse now than we have ever been, but we're spending more money. So we've got to figure out where we're missing it. We're spending the money that we're not getting the results. And in my administration, we'll see a change with that. Have you seen some kind of indication that maybe these things aren't working because uh, the city just this week is letting people know, hey, yeah, we crossed over 200 homicides this year, but we are only at 205 murders, 200 by our count at Fox, 221 um, homicides, which just doesn't necessarily mean murder, just means there is an investigation. Ne- nevertheless, we are at 200 and, uh, 221 compared to 271 last year, so the city is pointing to that. As progress, are you seeing something that says no? There is no progress. Well, there has been minimal progress, and these things are very, very interesting in how they unfold. Because last year we had more mass shootings, and if Mm -hmm. you take mass shootings um, and look at those, we haven't had as many mass shootings Mm -hmm. this year. However, uh, the number of people getting shot has not decreased that much. And and in my view, every time a bullet leaves the barrel of a gun, that is a major problem, whether it's shots fired, which we have tens of thousands of those every year, Mm -hmm. um, shootings. Mm -hmm. And the other day I saw a picture on Facebook of a mother who was in the hospital with her son holding his hand, his face all bandaged up, he had been shot in the face. So we don't often think a lot about the non-fatals we focus on the actual homicide. And a lot of times, all the people who get shot, it's by the grace of God, first responders, and the ER professionals that they're still here. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking about 14, 15% improvement, that's okay. But at the university level, 
14% doesn't get you to the next semester, and it shouldn't get you four more years as mayor. All right, let's jump to, you, you, you mentioned school and university. Let's talk about the E in the peace plan. What does that stand for? That's education, and I want to work with our educators and school professionals uh, so much that when you Google the best school in the United States of America, Marion County schools pop up at the top. I did that the other day, and I didn't see any of our Marion County schools in the top of the list. If you Google top schools in the state of Indiana, you don't see uh, Marion County schools at the top of the list. In my administration, you'll be able to see that. That's going to be our goal so that when people are looking for a place to live and raise their children and educate them, that Indianapolis continuously pops up as having the best schools in the nation and the best schools in the state of Indiana. All right, I hear you on that point. Um, but let me ask you this. Unlike other cities like, uh, say, Chicago, uh, there are certain cities where the mayor has direct control over um, their school district. In Indianapolis, the mayor has absolutely no control, zero, of the 11 school districts that make up this one city, which makes things more difficult uh, because we have 11 school districts that serve one single city. How, um, and, and again, the mayor has no direct administration control. I mean, the mayor could shut the schools down for a health reason or public safety reason. You know, like the mayor could say, hey, it's going to be a, a blizzard this week. You guys need to close your schools. Um, how do, but how do you get inside on an education level to get these schools on a best schools in America's list without having direct control of them? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I'm working on my thesis. Um, I just finished doctrinal studies at IWU, and I'll have a doctorate in transformational leadership. And in those studies, with regard to transformational leadership. It's about collaborative efforts. It's about getting people together, talk about best practices and systems and things like that. I'm looking forward to working with those leaders in those school districts um, to see what they need. I think as mayor, although you may not have direct control, indirect control is enough to help them to get done what needs to be done to make our schools the best in the United States of America. Let me ask you about charter schools. The mayor does uh, provide the charter authorization for uh, multiple charter schools here in town. And recently and coming up this year, there's going to be a battle, um, a bigger battle than normal between uh, the charter schools and every other public school district in this state. What kind of support of, uh, of charter schools do you have? Do you have any, none, a lot? Where do you stand with those? Well, we've got some good ones. Uh, I've known some as pastor. I've had a lot of folks come by the church and ask for our support or want our support um, with the daycare and school to feed their particular charter school idea. Some have succeeded um, very, very well, and some have failed. Um, I think that we can have good schools, IPS schools. I mean, I graduated from Northwest High School. Um, which was a great school at the time. And I'm not, I, I think it was shut down as, a, as an actual high school, yeah. But mm -hmm. um, all of our schools could be great schools. Um, IPS has some charter schools right around the corner from my church, the Phelan Leadership Academy. 
Earl Phelan. I met him a few years ago. They're doing a great job. So that's something I really want to take a look at and make sure that all of our schools in Indianapolis are great schools. We are on the air this morning with Pastor James Jackson, who is running as the right now the sole candidate on the Republican side to be the next mayor of Indianapolis. He tells us that there may be a uh, challenger on the Republican side here in the next couple of days. Abdul Kim Shabazz is apparently uh, exploring the idea of running for mayor as a Republican. That said, right now, um, Pastor James Jackson is in the race against, of course, Mayor Joe Hogshead, who is running for a third term. Uh, State Representative Robin Shackelford, who would like to go to the other side of Market Street and run Indianapolis instead of being at the State House, And then there's Greg Merriweather, um, who is rather new new to politics, um, but is also on the in the ring on the Democrat side. We've got uh, in, for the sake of time, Pastor Jackson, real quick me quickly. Tell me about the A, the C, and the other E of your peace plan. Play well, as achievement, and that's where we're going to look at the uh, vendor contracts. That's something that I've been interested in for a long time. A disparity study uh, was done in Indianapolis. Uh, we're not getting enough um, work to our MBEs, CBEs, and WBEs in Indianapolis. Um, so we want to make sure that. And you mean not- by that women in minority owned yeah. businesses? Yes, thanks for the clarification there. <laughs> Just trying to rush through it. Uh-huh. Um, and then the um, C is community, which is bringing government closer to the folks who live in our community, town halls, making sure that the people always have, um, <clears throat> that the folks in government always are listening to the voice of the people about the concerns that the people have. Of course, our crumbling uh, streets and uh, curbs and interior roads. Of course, that's kind of public safety too, but people in our community um, are consistently having trouble trying to drive around the city without spending money on new wheels and tires. And then finally, there's economic development. Indianapolis has always been a strong city when it comes to making sure that we're economically strong and have balanced budgets. We want to make sure with my administration that we continue that legacy. All right, uh, Pastor James Jackson, uh, as you know, on the radio as a radio show host, we had to take some callers. The phones have been ringing since you came on the air here. Uh, and so we're going to let the folks ask you some questions. Um, this is already shaping up to be an interesting uh, race for mayor. Uh, and if there is a uh, debate, if Abdul gets in the race as a Republican and there's a debate, you being a talk show host and he being a talk show host, I think as a talk show host, I should do the debate. <laughs> I should be the moderator. So, so I'm saying. Uh, All right. So we're so we're gonna put that in, we're gonna put put that in motion right now. Uh, let's go to the phones and talk with the people uh, and see what questions you all have uh, for James Jackson, who is running uh, for the mayor of Indianapolis. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Cameron. How you doing today? I'm good, Paul. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and I want to say greetings to your guests and everybody that's listening. Um, I got a, uh, I don't know what kind of part. I'm going to just ask the question mm-hmm. to the pastor. These are, this is solely to the pastor. Go for it. Um, I wanted to know if you were fluent with the Bible and you preached to a congregation, have you ever preached on First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 4? And have you ever preached on uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 11? 
Now, the reason why I'm asking you this, because you have a congregation and you also mentioned God uh, in the in, in the beginning of your uh, talk sharing with us. And so I was wondering if you know the Father's word to be true. And if you haven't preached on those two scriptures right there, how are you qualified to be a mayor or anything when you're not uh, directly sharing the right information with your congregation. And so everybody that, that knows me on this radio show knows that I'm against this system because these white folks do not belong on our land. And I want to know what are you going to do directly to have laws change so that you can handle the black community directly. And I'm not talking about sharing uh, anything with the white folks because we need to get back to where we are. So I want to know where you stand at on those two scriptures that I just spoke of, and I hope people are writing it down so they can read it uh, to, to maybe you can explain it to your congregation. But again, when we're dealing with a religion that doesn't even belong to us, and now you want to be a part of a corrupt system. So I'm kind of curious about what your response is. Thank to you, that. Paul. Well, great question. And, um, you know, from Genesis 1 in the beginning to Revelation 22, amen, I read the whole Bible. Times I don't know, of course, I don't I haven't preached a sermon specifically on those two verses, but the whole Bible is about uh, the love of God and, and salvation. I think my teach plan aligns with that. When you start talking about people, God loves people in every scripture in the Bible points back to God's love for people. So in my administration, I began to work towards peace for Indianapolis, and that's peace for all. We'll get it done. Um, I think that those folks who are running for mayor, whatever you run for, no, no man or woman can ascend to the office of the presidency, uh, governor, or mayor, or any office without divine intervention. And God uses people as you read the Bible, especially the Old Testament, for his own will and purpose. Pastor, let me ask you uh, real quick. I got two questions that I'm going to ask before we go back to the phones. Um, if elected mayor, since we're talking about church, you are the, the, the pastor of a fervent prayer church. Will you continue to uh, lead the church and give a sermon uh, on Sunday if you are elected to be the mayor of Indianapolis? Well, I've been working for the past three years uh, to prepare my church for that um, that reality, and we're still working on that. So when I'm elected, we do have a plan in place. There's a book called The Leadership Lessons of the Navy Seals, and one chapter talks about what if. So we've dealt with a lot of what if, and we've prepared several scenarios as to what happens um, when I'm elected. And that's something that I'll be sharing with you all uh, when we get to that time. Uh, second question, uh, folks, as they hear uh, you for the first time, or maybe they, they know you, regardless, uh, people are, you are the only Republican running. And so I want to ask, what part of the Republican Party, which version or incarnation or era, because there, it, there are different versions of the Republican Party. So which, which part are, do you, uh, most relate to? Are you more of the uh, the Marjorie Taylor Greene side and insurrection, or are you more classic 
uh, Republican, what we might think of as a as a George Bush era Republican. Are you a never Trump um, Republican who would be lined up with um, uh, Liz Cheney? Are you a, a back in the day old school Ronald Reagan Republican? Where where do you what do you connect with? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I think um, both parties have changed over the years. If you go back and look at the history of both parties, I don't like to put labels on people um, that they are this kind of person or they are that kind of person. Years ago, I printed out the um, party platform for the Democrat Party, and I printed out the party platform for the Republican Party, and I read both of those documents, and that's how I came to the decision I made. So um, the most important thing I'm focused on is the peace plan and getting with people to help me to flesh that out. I know where I want to go. And as James Jackson, um, we're going to get there. So which, I I mean, if you, I know we're talking about the mayor of Indianapolis, but what, what part, when you say you looked at that, that platform, what, what era of um, platform, because the Republican party platform today is not the same as it was four years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago. Where did you connect in that? Was it when people were storming the Capitol? You're like, hey, those are my guys. Or was it more, uh, you know, 08 recession, the things that uh, were brought that were happening then? You're like, hey, that's the party that I align with. Or was it Reaganomics back in the 80s that, hey, that's the party that I align with? Where do you get that connection from? Well, the connection that I get, I don't know if you've ever heard of a um, man by the name of Hiram Rebels. And Hiram Rebels was one of seven black men who were the first blacks in Congress. And Hiram Rebels was born free. Um, he was a barber. He went into the gospel ministry. He um, organized three regiments of Union soldiers to fight in the Union, Union Army. He was also the first president of then Alcorn College, which is a HCB, HCB, uh, historical. Historically black, black college. Yeah, today. Mm-hmm. So, and then after that, um, he went on to do some other things. So, in those historical documents, that was my inspiration. Um, a lot of things have happened in both parties since then. But again, as James Jackson, I'm going to be mayor of Indianapolis. And uh, the goal is peace. So, for you, it sounds like it is what the original foundation of the Republican party was, is what you connect with. Maybe not necessarily some of the things that are happening today, but the original roots of it is what you connect with. Yeah. I mean, the black folks, we have a rich heritage in the Republican party so much so that if it were not for us, there would be no Republican party. Um, so that resonated with me along with some other things and then we're moving forward. All right, let's go back to the phones. 317-239-1009. Let's go to the caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, Pastor Jackson Cameron. Hey, look at uh, Booker T. Washington. He was a Republican, and he surely knew the remedy. But in any case, you have these people like Abdul. That's going to be really comical. I've got the uh, application right here for the mayor's office, 
you can't turn it into the 31st, Cameron. So I think it's kind of uh, lopsided when we're allowing people to get on the air and they haven't turned their uh, applications in, and I'm not able to do the same thing. I just put that out there. But in any case, I'm going to run for mayor. I was going to say, so are you going to run? On, yes, I am. I want to get in on the conversation. And if we have debates, I want to be on that stage. I want to be right there on that stage because, you know, the city of Indianapolis is on the brink of debunction, right? The only reason they hadn't went over the hill is what they've done in Detroit and other Democratic cities around the country. What they do is get the city down in the dump, get them over, uh, over, over, overhead on their bond issues. They're now paying uh, 10% for bonds, right? That's so not what's your question for Pastor real quick? Because we got to go. The, here's the only reason that they're not going to have a black mayor this time is because they don't have the legislation to back it up so that the city can be sent into a receivership and the public safety budget will not no longer be in control. When they appoint a commissioner for, for public safety, then that takes that money out of the general fund and gives it to the commissioner to appropriate. So they're not going to have a, a, a mayor, black mayor, until that happens. And uh, they tried the legislation this time. It didn't work, but that's what you're facing, Pastor Jackson. So I'm getting in the race. I want to be in on discussion. And January 6th is nothing. Where's Nancy Pelosi's testimony? Where is uh, the Sergeant of Arms' testimony? So, Paul, you don't have but, that. all right. That's Paul, nothing. Now, Paul, if you're going to run, are you running as a Democrat or a Republican? I'm going to have to run as a Democrat, but I'm going to be a, a Trump Democrat, right? Because uh, they need to be exposed. You know, some young man was on with Tommy Brown, and they asked him, he said he wants a politician that's going to help him. That's unheard of. All that right, sounds well, like he wants a pimp. All right, so when, when you do decide to run, you get in touch with me. I you have, let me know. I've already decided to run. All right, well, I, when, got, I can run for office. I've done it before. All right, well, hey. once, once you've got the paperwork in, reach out to me. You know how to get in touch with me, and you too. I'll just can, email you. It's right. easy to do, you know. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll yes. get Pete to do it for me. All right, we'll, uh, we'll talk with you. As, in, as we move into 2023. Thank you, Larry. All right, uh, Pastor Jackson, uh, you're going to be running against Larry, too, apparently. Yeah, you know, Larry ran as a, uh, I think it was a libertarian at one time, so he's changing up parties. Um, but I've talked to Larry extensively on the Union of Community show, so it'll be interesting. All right, uh, let's go to the next caller. Caller on line three. Good morning and Merry Christmas to both of you there. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, when Being a Caucasian voter and whenever I vote, I don't look at the candidate's color of their skin. I look at their, at their character, integrity, and their platforms and their values. And uh, hopefully that does not become a major issue among the apparent four candidates that have announced in who knows how many more are going to get in before it really gets going. I know the first day of filing is January 4th. And uh, I'll take the response off the air and the best of uh, everything to the both of you and have a great 2023. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, but real, are you still there? Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Go ahead, Pastor. Yeah, I, I'm trying to understand what his question was. Yeah, I miss, I miss that part, too, I suppose, because I'm— I remember who that was last week he called and uh you know especially when it was Greg Merriweather on uh um, yeah. he was Greg is essentially says he's going to be the mayor uh for black people to actually finally bring black people up and as uh that, that caller is Bob as he called last week 
he was essentially saying, okay, that's fine. But how do you get people who look like me to also vote for you as well? And so I think he was trying to ask something, something similar of you. Yeah, that sounds accurate. You know, I was um, treasurer of the concerned clergy at one time, and that was when the Honorable Bill Crawford, Representative Bill Crawford, was alive. And one of the things he used to always say in concerned clergy meetings, a lot, those meetings, he would always say, don't run as a black candidate. And um, I always wondered what he meant by that. Because if anybody was an advocate for black people, he was. And he had matriculated to the highest echelon of politics in the state of Indiana. Um, and he worked for all the people in the state of Indiana. And he also worked very hard for quality of life and quality of place for black people. And that's what made him the great statesman that he was. And hopefully, grace, that would be what. Uh, a candidate of years from now would be saying about James Jackson as well. All right, let's blow through a couple of more uh, phone calls. The phone lines are ringing, 239-1009, 239-1009. That, by the way, is the new phone number here at the station to get on the show, 239-1009. Let's go real quick. Uh, caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Years from now would be saying about Hello? James Jackson as well. All right, let's blow through a couple All right, we're going to come back to them because, as you can hear, they're listening on a delay. What I say on the radio it takes a couple seconds to actually get to your radio. So we'll come back to them. Let's go to caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Cameron. This is Donna. Hi, Donna. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. How are you? Good morning, Pastor Jackson. Good morning, Donna. I have, uh, I'll try to get a couple of quick questions in. Um, Economic-wise, I'd like for you to be able to – um, tell us what would be one of the first things that you would do to um, ensure that the economic engine of Indianapolis continues and um, that that engine is um, being ran to the point that everyone gets to be a part of it. I hear you kind of talking about it on the fringe, but nothing uh, clear as to what you would do about that. Secondly, that you keep making your uh, lead-in. Um, crime isn't necessarily uh, the lead-in, and I know that's a talking point for your side of the fence. Third, if 45 runs again, will you support that particular individual and that you are a party of a member of the GOP, a party of no? How do we even consider voting for an individual that ties himself to a party of nothing but no for the last eight years. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Okay, Pastor, let's try to go backwards on that so we can do this quickly. Um, if President Trump uh, runs again, does he have your vote? Pastor Jackson? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, let's go, let's go, through, go through her questions backwards really quick. If President Trump, former President Trump, decides to run again for another term, does he have your vote? Well, you know, he's not the candidate for the Republican Party. And one of the things that I've taught people around me is I don't ask people who they vote for. In the United States of America, we have what's called the secret ballot. So I don't know Donald Trump. Um, my focus is on Indianapolis and the James Jackson peace plan. 
Right, and I understand that. But if you're going to run the 13th largest city in the country, uh, awesome. you've got you've got a million people who would be under you, and they want to know, as what Donna's asking is the same question I asked you a couple minutes ago, um, who do you align yourself with? Are you going to be able to, would you work with Donald Trump? Are you going to vote for him? Or even if he is elected and you're mayor, would you be against what he's doing? I think it's a valid question. Well, she said that um, the Republican Party is a party of no, and that's not true. The Respect for Merit's plan passed the House and the Senate. There were 50 Republicans who voted yes uh, in the House, and I think 15 uh, or so who voted um, yes in the Senate. And one of them was uh, Indiana legislators, so things are changing with regard to that. But again, I'm a very principled person. I don't ask people who they vote for, and um, that's not something that I talk about. So we won't know if if um... well, he's not. You know, again, he's not running for president. We don't know who. Yeah, does. he is. Well, it, he said he was, but who knows? I mean, you know, it's not. It, it's not even here yet. Right, but I mean, he's he's running. He's announced. He's formally announced. I don't know what. The paperwork situation is because it's it's far out, but he is running uh, for president. And if uh, 2023 rolls around, 2024 rolls around by the if you're elected in 2023 and let's say he's elected again in 2024, we may have a Republican president. Uh, we've got a lot of people running for governor. Um, I mean, I guess let me ask but the question. I, but I, I still don't disclose who I vote for and I don't ask people who they vote for. And I and I and I understand that when you were a um, talk show host, I understand that when you were a pastor. But these are people that you will be working with as a politician, and not just a politician, but as the mayor. So I I think that those are very different um, things. I could see again you running for pastor, you being a pastor, maybe not wanting to share, or a talk show host not wanting to share. But these are people you are going to have to work with, and so. The, the bottom line on the question is, I mean, we could go for, for governor if it's if it's the presidential thing that's too, uh, and too I, murky. And I, would, I, I wouldn't say who I would vote for as governor, but the, her question is that the Republican Party is the party of no, so obviously she wouldn't be voting for me anyway, running in the Republican Party. We can, we can obviously ascertain that from her questioning. Okay, uh, let me, we're short on time here, so... I, and I think that's part of the that's what people when, when we when we're doing this interview, it's who is James Jackson? It's what you know, we may, we could sit through uh, one of your sermons and find out what kind of, of pastor you are, where where you stand on things, how you pastor people, how you lead them through dark times. Um, we can do that as a as as you listen to your radio show, you could get how you're going to lead people. Um, but I think in this instance, people want to know when stuff hits the fan. I mean, look at it. Look at the pandemic. Mayors were working directly with the federal government to get what they needed and working with their governors to get what they needed. At, at the bottom line, it's not so much who you vote for. It's who are you going to work with? And I don't right now know that we know either of those questions. Well, I work with the, whoever the person is as president, that's different from voting for somebody. I mean, if you have a crisis in your city, you work with whatever administration's in place at the state level and at the federal level for the greater good of the people. If people are starving, 
It doesn't matter who the president or the governor or the mayor is. You get out there and you feed the people. All right, let me go jump to a couple other calls real quick because we got to go. we got to talk to the Salvation Army. Let me try to do one more call. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, this is Pierre. Good, uh, good morning, uh, Reverend Jackson. Um, good morning. So uh, are you the only Republican running at this time? No. Well, uh, Abdul Shabazz has filed uh, exploratory committee papers. So there's, when you do that, you pretty much are saying that you are going to run, but you kind of want to test the water. So in that scenario, I wouldn't be the only one. Oh, well, uh, I was just wondering if the Republican Party, as in uh, Marion County Republican Party, has embraced your candidacy. Are they giving you any money? Um, you know, uh, are they giving you any encouragement? Uh, I think you're going to have a tough time uh, beating the Democrats here in town. Um, but, um, you know, Godspeed, uh, uh, you know, for showing up and running. Uh, but uh, Thank you. I just wanted to know if they were going to give you any money. Well, uh, I've talked with Joe Elsner. He's a local party chair, and the Republican Party does not, the local party does not have a slating convention. So all the folks who want to run for um, mayor, uh, will have, if there are more than one, and it appears there might be, will have to go through the primary, and the people will make that decision. And if the people uh, vote for James Jackson as their nominee, at that point, as I understand it, the Republican Party will then um, provide resources and uh, put its full weight behind that particular candidate. However, there are uh, several folks in the Republican Party that uh, have been helping me along the way and guiding me. It's the first time that I've done something like this, so I appreciate those folks who have been doing that. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right, Pastor Jackson, we are out of time. Uh, obviously, this won't be the last time we talk to you. Uh, sounds like maybe you're going to have some Republican Republican challengers. Um, and so hopefully there is a debate at some point that we get to hear between you and possibly uh, a fellow talk show host, Abdul Hakim Shabazz, uh, possibly running on the Republican side. So we will talk again before, obviously, uh, for you, November 2023, when the general election is. But maybe you will have a primary challenger before May. And so hopefully we will we will talk uh, before then. How can people get more uh, to know about James Jackson, your platform, want to talk to you? How can people get in touch? JamesJacksonForMayor.com. They can go there and get more information. And they can also uh, donate to help a brother out. <laughs> All right. Pastor James Jackson, uh, running uh, for mayor in 2023. Thank you so much for making your campaign debut here on Open Lines. Sir, we appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Still to come. Still to come here on the show. Uh, we are going to take a very quick break because we got to talk to the Salvation Army. They need your help as we are one week away from Christmas, two weeks away from the new year. Brandon, let's cram this all in, make one quick break, and we are back with more Open Lines next. Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle.
And we are back here on Open Lines on this last live show of 2023. Thank you all so much for staying with us every week. We've done 45 live shows this year. Out of 52 weeks, we've been here for the majority of them. And I appreciate you guys starting your week with us. But we cannot end this year without trying to do some good and help our friends at the Salvation Army. We always see them outside of the Kroger or outside of your Walmart. um, And they always are, you know, ringing the bell. And for years, we all grew up, especially me, you know, uh, with, you know, you, you give the change that's in your pocket and you drop it in the bucket and you've done some good and all those coins add up to some big help for some people. But most of us don't even carry cash, let alone coins. I never have coins in my pocket. I might have a couple bucks in my pocket, but everything is digital, uh, electronic, credit card, cash app, Zelle, whatever. And as you can imagine, this has made things difficult for the Salvation Army. But on top of that, people don't always even know what that money is going to. But to remind us of the help that they need and where that money is going, Major Rachel Stouter is on our live line right now. Rachel, good morning. Merry Christmas. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much for coming on, reminding us that the Salvation Army helps 365 days a year. Those the 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 folks standing outside the door for one is the easiest is the most visual way uh, that we see the Salvation Army, especially around this time. Um, yes. But tell us what why are they standing there? <laughs> well, that is really our call to help. Um, it's a very visual and very um, audible way to be reminded that there are people in need in our community, and that's that bell is a calling to people to love their neighbors and help us help us do that by giving money. So, like I said, you know, you guys have had to adapt because not everybody's yeah. carrying cash and coins. Right. So, and I, and I know when people think that, they don't even pay attention to the, the, the red bucket or the person standing there like, hey, I ain't got no coins, no point in stopping. But you guys have adapted. Right. Yeah, we have. This year, in 80 different locations across central Indiana, we've rolled out um, a tap to give option. So at the, at 80 of the kettles, you'll see an option to give five, 10 or $20 just by um, contactless payment, whether that's by your contactless card or your mobile giving app on your phone. Um, but people can also give online virtually. Um, so anybody can go to salvationarmyindiana.org to find ways to give that way too. If they don't happen to pass by a kettle that has a tap to give option, we would love for them to go online and give as well. Well, on top of that, you guys need people to volunteer to ring the bell, right? We absolutely do. So this year, more than ever, we need people to volunteer to ring the bell. Um, to be, They could be hired to ring the bell. This is the last week that we have kettles out. And this week is a big one for us. We have a double match that is in place starting tomorrow, Monday, up to $45,000. We have a generous donor who will match every dollar that is given in the kettles, whether it's actually put in the kettles or it's given through our tap to give option. We also have through our virtual kettles, so online, there's another match that's going on with $5,000. So we're very grateful, but we need people to commit to ringing the bell, whether they're doing it in person or virtually by sharing a virtual kettle with their peers. We need that support. The reality is the money that we're raising right now doesn't just get us through December 26th. Like the need is still there even after the holidays and throughout the rest of the year. So the money we're raising right now is really only about a third of our overall annual budget. And we need we need the support. 
Um, how can people volunteer? How do, you, how do you sign up to ring the bell? So anything you want to do with the Salvation Army, go to SalvationArmyIndiana.org. You'll see buttons for volunteering, for giving, for joining, for donating, all kinds of things. That is your hub for joining, becoming the Army behind the Army. And I know 365 days a year the Salvation Army is doing something. Even after next week, you guys are still doing things. I know you have your Angel Tree program. There's a number of different yep. things that are happening here in Indianapolis at the centers that you have. We were down to seconds, but how can people find out what you guys are doing here locally and volunteer the same way? Yep, the same way, SalvationArmyIndiana.org. That's the ticket. Okay, and so you and I know you have the Fountain Square location and Eagle Creek location, and out on the west side at the Harbor uh, Light Center, which is your addiction and treatment um, location. So I, I, I guess all of this to say, the stuff that goes into those red kettles at the door um, is going to some good things. It absolutely is. It's helping reunite families. It's helping youth grow up into. Um, contributing citizens in our community. It's helping people change their lives. It's helping rescue women and children and men from violence and help them flee that violence and get into a happier, healthier, safer life. It goes way farther. Major Rachel, give us the website one more time where people can find out some more information. And I know Christmas is next week, but you can take volunteers in the next seven days. We absolutely can. That is Salvation Army Indiana. Rachel Stouter, you are amazing. Did that in less than 10 minutes. Uh, We will have to have you back sometime in 2023 to check up on what you guys are doing. Because like I said, you guys aren't just here around Christmas. You are working constantly around the calendar. We are. Yep. I'll be there. Thank you so much. All All right, right, you guys. Thank you. So that is going to wrap it up, not only for this week, this month, but this year. Uh, Next Sunday is Christmas morning. Uh, The Sunday after that is going to be the first day of 2023. And so... uh, I ain't going to be here. Uh, So with that said, thank you guys so much uh, for the support that you have given to me and this show in 2022. Uh, Like I said, we have been here for 45 Sundays. There's 52 Sundays in a year. And when it's all said and done, we will have done 45 live shows. Uh, So I've heard from so many of you guys who stop me in the store or send messages or whatever. Um, Thank you for your support of the show. And um, now my the support from you guys on TV at Fox 59. I so greatly appreciate it. And we're going to do even more in 2023. If there's something that I need to know about what's going on in the community that I can help with, please email me, C-R-I-D-L-E at radio-one.com or C-R-I-D-L-E at fox59.com. They both come to my phone. If there's something that needs that I need to know about, community event, somebody needs help, Send it to me. If I can't work with it, I'm going to get it to the person who can. I have a platform to help people get the word out. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do more of it in 2023. Got to say thank you to Brandon, our producer, uh, who's been a fantastic uh, partner in this uh, show all year long. And he is getting ready to come up to host his show next on Hot 100.9. Al Sharpton is seconds away on WTLC. And uh, I also want to thank all the people who like to text me during the show, whether that be uh, Dee Dee or you guys' comments. My mom has been blowing up, blowing up my phone today. Apparently, she thinks I was a little hard on Pastor Jackson. So we're going to call her out. She said I was too hard. All right, whatever. I'm just trying to ask the questions. That's what I do. I ask the questions. He gives the answer. Pastor Jackson in, sent me a text. He enjoyed the interview. So it wasn't that I wasn't too mean. I'm on the nice list. 
I want you guys to enjoy your Christmas. We will see you next year in 2023. Same time, same stations on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC for the last time in 2023. I'm Cameron Riddle. I'll see you tomorrow morning on CBS 4 and Fox 59 Morning News starting at 4 a.m.